It is Friday, and you know what that means. It's another episode of the Rampage Ramble, the show where we chat a ton, and eventually we chat about Sunday Night Heat. Oh, no, I'm sorry. AEW <laughs> Rampage. Because, oh, yeah. let's be honest, that it feels like Sunday Night Heat. <laughs> really does. As always, I'm Boris, and this week I am joined by a familiar voice, a more familiar voice, in Dex Xavier. Dax, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. Happy Friday to you and everybody in uh, Canada over there. Happy Friday indeed. What a what a week. It's been a great week, man. It's been a really good week. I haven't felt this energized on a Friday in so freaking long. <laughs> He's energized. I'm on a second tank of empty. That's fantastic. Let's see how this episode goes. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, this is now like week two of being off, right? So, I, I But I will agree with that definitely has been a good week. I'm just, you know, tired as hell. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's honestly how I usually feel on Friday. It's like a struggle to to get past what I need to do, and that's like, oh, I got to do another podcast. But Uh, the fandom in me for this business, this industry, knows no bounds, and that's why we're here today. That's exactly (laughs) it. So thanks for joining me. Um, It's always a pleasure chatting, catching up. Uh, So before we do anything, let's geek out a little bit. So I've been off this week, and Mm -hmm. for my nephew's birthday... I got him uh, the new uh, God of War game that we talked okay. about on the last Good episode. Deal. Yep, 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 yep. So knowing that he will finish the game <laughs> and pass it over to me, I've been playing the 2018 game. Oh, man, it's so good. I always forget how amazing that game is. It really is. I mean, the, the new ones, the new versions with Christopher Judge, who is the new voice uh, for the for this more somber version of Kratos. It's so story driven and it's awesome in that sense. But it what I love about it is that it does differentiate uh differentiate itself and, and contrast itself from the original three. Technically the original five, because there was the PSP versions as well. Yes. And with that, you know, were voiced by the original voice T C Carson. And yes. I recently played God of War three after playing uh the the uh after playing Ragnarok, oh my goodness, I really really forgot how awesome that game is too, and I highly recommend anybody if you enjoyed that you know the uh the new God of Wars go back to God of War three they got the remastered version, and if you got a PS five my God it still looks awesome on here too oh yeah I I kind of categorized the two in so many in in, in different ways that you can enjoy it. God of War th- 1, 2, 3 is single life. The new God of Wars is married life. That's the best way to describe these two versions of God of War. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I do remember when you sent me that message. I just started howling. <laughs> I, I thought so about true, it. When I, the, the minute I played God of War 3, and I was, it, it, not only just I remembered how epic that those you know versions were but i remember a time in my life when i was wilding out just like this it was like that this this version of kratos is me like when i was like 20 <laughs> this I new version it. of kratos is me right now now i love it in a 17 year marriage <laughs> can we please talk about the fact that like can we can we can both of us just mm-hmm. just just put our, our our chip our endorsement behind christopher judge playing kratos in the live action, I will, I, you, you did you see the behind the scenes uh, video of that? Yeah, yeah. 
when, and I, and I, I talk about this on my show too. I now realize, cause I interviewed, I had the pleasure of interviewing TC Carson, who's the original voice uh, on my show, like eons ago. <laughs> it feels like so long ago, but um, I, I had him on the show and we talked, it was right around the time when the new God of War was out. So we, of course we got to talk to him about like why he wasn't in there. And he said, quote unquote, he didn't know, but of course these NDAs, you can't really say too much. So we, we went off with that and that's fine. But when I saw that video footage and I, you know, knowing TC Carson and, and, you know, especially I still follow him and see what he's doing now. He's much older. He's performing now and stuff like that. You know, he's performing on stage and he's really a talented guy, but physically, I don't think he'd be able to do what Christopher judge is doing. And along with the voice, which is literally his voice, (laughs) he's also in mad shape to carry that role and do the uh, the mocap and everything for it. So I get it and I understand it and I totally respect it. And with that said, he does a tremendous job with it and playing this 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 older, mature, somber, caring version of, you know, withered and caring version of, uh, you know, Kratos. He's phenomenal. Oh, yeah, that 100 percent, 100 percent on that one. Um, I just absolutely love it. Uh, but, yeah, I would love to see Chris Judge, Mike Judge, Mike Chris Judge do do the live action. Um, another thing that I want to talk about, because we've never talked about it, per se, outside of the Facebook group. That's yeah. Tales from the Territories. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> right. Where do we even start? OK, that South episode. Was, okay, it's coming up, and I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Really, really looking forward to that one. Uh, that's coming up next Tuesday, that Mid-South yeah. Wrestling. Uh, I was kind of hoping that the Crockett one was dog. the last one, but I'm down with Sorry? Mid-South. I was, I was kind of hoping that the um, the Crockett one was the uh, was the season finale, but I'm down with Mid-South. I have no issues with, with Mid-South. Bring it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, which is kind of weird that they did choose Mid-South for the f- season finale, right? Like, yeah. You know, even even when you take a look at the big names that went through, like you still think that Crockett being Crockett would be the season finale. But uh, right. who knows how they uh, uh, the format and everything is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But this past week was Crockett, you know, mm-hmm. the big uh, NWA, the, the cornerstone of the NWA, second largest wrestling promotion in the U.S. of A. Yes, dude, it was such a good episode. And, this and is the reason why I became episodes. a fan. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you and many people in the states. Um, it's kind of funny. Like here in, in in Toronto, you know, the only time we ever saw any form of non WWF was whatever was shown on TBS at six p.m. Yeah, on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me tell you, I you know what? I, let me ask you this: What was the deal with Cornette not being in that panel? They, it, this was the surprised. first time. This is the first time I saw Jim. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm asking. I'm probably asking a really stupid question too at the same time. But this is the first time I've ever seen an episode where like they just put Cornette in, a, you know, somebody in a separate spot. You know, interviewed him in his own spot, and then get got everybody else to do their th- deal. I thought that was interesting. It was. It was. It could. You know what? I don't want to look into it too much because. Knowing when this was recorded, you just you know you just never know the logistics of stuff, right? So that is that's true. Gonna be the, that's going to be the answer I have in my head. But I should You're ask right. uh, uh, the exec producer. I know I know him really well. Actually, I should ask him. Just you know, you might you. I think you bring up a great point because remember they had uh, Abdul the Butcher. 
on the show. And this is just yeah. now coming out. And he yeah. passed away some time ago. So, yeah, you're right. It probably was during COVID, too. Yep, exactly. Could have been. Could have been during, during a pandemic. Either way, still a really great episode. I've really enjoyed it. It was a really good episode. It was one of those episodes where as you're listening to the stories, you're not like thinking, oh, this is full of shit or something, right? Like these are like legit, for the most part, legit stories yeah. that made you go, hmm. And you actually, I, f- I feel like I learned details about stuff that I heard generally. Yeah, absolutely. This was the one I felt like I I, I, I couldn't, like I did trust a lot of what they were saying. Um, unlike other episodes where I felt like Young Rock told more of the truth than, uh, <laughs> than yeah. what I was hearing the here. The Portland episode, for example, right? Yep. Like, that is absolutely the like, one. <laughs> where I'm like, okay. And then you have to look at the people involved in the territory, right? Like, mm-hmm. So, yeah. But none yeah. Of the, it, it, nonetheless, it's still very entertaining. And I, I enjoy every bit of it. So. I'm liking it a lot more than I thought. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. don't like the uh, the panel format. I think they were expecting more of like a documentary format, but I love the yeah. panel format because, you know, if there's anything that we need to do more of is capturing, regardless of how true or not true these stories are, it's yeah. capturing the firsthand um, stories from the people who lived through these territories, right? Like, yeah. we're unfortunately sadly in in a in a time now where these people are going to start not being with us moving right. forward right some so of them are some of, some of them on the show are <laughs> exactly that's the thing right like so some of so like getting these stories on camera yeah uh it to me is super important super important especially in an era where you know we see what WWE does with telling the history of wrestling and <sighs> you know say what you want about Tony Khan I do not trust him to be honest down the line, right? Like you just, uh, he's going to turn into everything he hated. He slowly is already. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. what is the saying? What is the saying in, uh, on a dark night? Uh, you know, that <laughs> when uh, it's, it's one of the like most famous, ter- uh, you know, sayings that they say in there, how the villain become the hero becomes a villain. Eventually uh, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. There you go. And we got a, we, it felt like a little bit of that <laughs> during this whole entire situation in, uh, two months ago. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Which reminds me, patrons, get your ballot in for the best worst of 2022. It is oh in my your God. Patreon uh, message center. There's a link and the password. Go ahead, fill that out. It is due December 11th at 11.59 p.m. I'm telling you, Monday, right at midnight, I'm turning that bad boy off uh, because we got to start the <laughs> counting. It's uh, I'm leaving it open long enough so that you could watch ROH, you could watch NXT because you never know what's going to happen on those two pay per views. And I have to say, so as of before Rampage started, yeah. the three matches announced for um, for the ROH Final Battle pay per view. I'm like, okay, we've seen two of three at the last pay per view. Mm-hmm. Athena versus Mercedes Martinez is a nice addition. I that's going to be good. Kind of, I'm looking. That's going to be good. But the one match that was teased slash half announced tonight <laughs> got me going. Got me you and me going. both. And I messaged you right away. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that was really excited for this because, I, first of all, we haven't seen this gentleman in so long yeah. on camera, and then for him to just pop up out of nowhere with Keith Lee right next to him, and these two are seen for the first time in a long time. 
Oh, Shane Taylor, my goodness, is back, and it's going to be crazy. Shane Taylor. So I interviewed him for Slam just in January, right? Like, yeah. It was a very great interview just because he was still reflecting and still kind of feeling the the effects of, well, what the fuck am I going to do right now, right? Right. Um, he had an excellent match at Final Battle last year. Yeah. Uh, you know, so with uh, Kenny King, that was a great match. Absolutely great yeah. match. Everything Shane Taylor Promotions was doing was so good. You know, mm-hmm. what I, one of the main things, Shane Taylor, honestly, not only is he one of the nicest wrestlers I've ever talked to, he's mm-hmm. one of the smartest wrestlers I ever talked to. Very articulate. That guy just understands it. He understands the business and beyond the business, right? Like the yeah. bigger picture stuff. Um, and we had, honestly, we talked for about an hour and a half just shooting the wow. shit. It was a great time with it. <laughs> but I, I appreciate his, we we talk about Eddie um, Kingston in terms of his mic skills and how natural and, and genuine and organic he sounds. Shane Taylor is up there too. Yeah. So unfortunately, the commentators kind of glossed over this. But the reason why this was a big deal to a lot of people, in case you don't know, is Shane Taylor and Keith Lee were tag team partners. Before Keith Lee, they were tag team partners in ROH, dominant Mm -hmm. team, right before Mm -hmm. Keith Lee went to WWE. They were known as the Pretty Boy Killers. They (laughs) lasted about three years. And look at the size of the two. Like Shane Taylor is bigger than Keith Lee. and Everyone knows how big Keith Lee is. And Shane Taylor could move. Like no one's business, not incredibly just, not like Keith Lee, but that man can move. But not only that, he has he he understands psychology in the ring too. Yes, he tells oh, he's yeah. able to tell a story. Yep. Some of the great match that they had, I, there was one in 2016. It was a no rules match. It was the Pretty Boy Killers against mm-hmm. War Machine, Hanson and Ray Rowe. That match was great. Absolutely wow. great. Remember <laughs> War take Machine? Take me back with that. Yes. Oh, my God. You took me back with that. <laughs> yep. They also had a great match back in 2017 against mm-hmm. the Briscoes. That went to a no contest. That oh. was a great, great match. God, people was- don't understand how why why Ring of Honor is so precious. Yes. And I, I challenge anybody to, even if you go as far as back as... You know, not you don't have to go back as far as 2002, even though I highly recommend it, but even like 2005 and up, it's just the consistency of quality that Ring of Honor provides is why that Tony Khan was persistent, uh, you know, and determined to save this brand because it really did have some quality and it really was a game changer. Yep, 100%. So, you know, you have this team and then the story essentially was that Keith Lee abruptly just up and left Shane Taylor when he got the WWE contract and they kind of played it off a little bit yeah. and kind of Shane Taylor was a little storyline wise he was lost mm-hmm. in ROH and then that's when Shane Taylor promotion started and you know he became one of the most dominant uh, TV champions in the the end of days of ROH and we all yeah. know what's what where Keith Lee went so that minute interaction that those two had was excellent and I I want to email Shane Taylor because he even said his <laughs> dream match would be against Keith Lee. Oh, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. And just the way to do I love it because it's an easy story to tell. It it, it was kind of based on reality. It picks up right where it left off. It kind of reminds me of how um, 
Sami Zayn and, and Kevin Owens, you know, just took their whatever storyline they had from the Indies in Ring of Honor and brought it onto NXT and then brought it on to WWE and it's just this ongoing storyline that you know it's just like Batman and the Joker almost forever. And yep. this is kind of that same thing. I love stuff like that. This is so same. old school territory. <laughs> it is. It is, and, and you know, I, I credit to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens that they've been able to do this in the factory that is WWE, where they don't recognize yeah. anything outside of the factory, right? Like, it's crazy that they've been able to do this and continue to do this and will continue to do to do this, right? Um, so they're the longest done. running. Aren't, aren't they kind of? They should be getting a record for the longest running storyline in possibly the history of this era. Yeah, I think so. Like, legitimately, <laughs> I do think so. Like. It's crazy how long those two have been telling. They could do a documentary. Yeah, Boris, they could do a documentary on them, and I, I would be really disappointed. <laughs> Me yeah. being disappointed about WWE, I would really be disappointed <laughs> if they dropped the ball and not doing a documentary, whether it be story or real, about the journey that this rivalry and in, in, in you know uh, camaraderie has been since the Indies to like Ring of Honor to the NXT to. It's a it's one of the longest telling stories ever. That yeah. uh, that story alone should be in a Hall of Fame. <laughs> and that with Triple H in control again, or which should be he should get a lot of credit. Yes, I feel like we are back to telling these types of stories. And you know, if they do another season of that A and E Rival show, mm-hmm. that better be an episode. It's sad that it hasn't gotten here yet. Like. That to me is that's that's up there with Triple H and, and The Rock. Yeah, like I feel like it, it was that type of intensity. That's another ivory for another day. But I'm, I'm pretty sure like that has been talked about enough either. Like Triple H and The Rock was just one of the most intense rivalries during the '90s. Yeah. <laughs> like I almost but, felt like they legitimately hated each other. It felt like it, especially like mm-hmm. you know around SummerSlam '99, like the whole mankind yeah. Triple H Rock stuff, like. It just felt so real and so good. Exactly. Like, oh, the good old days. The good old days. But back to Shane Taylor and <laughs> Keith Lee. I'm really looking forward to that match. I think that match is going to be great. And that match alone, if I wasn't going to watch the show already for SNME or Slam, because I am doing the report for Slam and podcasting yeah. for SNME, mm-hmm. um, I would 100% buy that show now just for Keith Lee versus Shane Taylor. I would tell you that is when I, I, I that was the one that sold me. I think yep. it is very the the possibility of me getting and watching is become it has increased exponentially, and I I, I because I I followed that storyline. It was like one of the last times I really watched Ring of Honor is when they were teaming up, and then you know and then watch the uh, Shane Taylor uh, promotions and all the stuff too. So I, I'm well aware of that, and I know how good both of these guys are. For, you know, they they manipulate reality, if yeah, you will. One hundred percent. I, you know, it's funny too because there's I've had conversations on the group about people's ideology of how big people shouldn't be doing this and big people should be doing that, and where and I'm like, you can't be conditioned to the mindset, the self-fulfilling prophecies of what WWE has told you what a big man should be. The reality is these big guys are agile now. These guys can do things that you never thought that they could do that you only see in comic books and video games, and they're doing it. Guess what? That is reality. That is the new mindset. That is what you need to see now. Yep. That is happening. The, 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 the unfortunate the, part is I, 
yeah. I feel like a lot of people need to uncondition themselves because I find that people even who hate WWE, who refuse yeah. to watch WWE, but watch WWE at some point in time, have yeah. that mindset. Here's the thing. As a person like myself, I'm a, you know, multimedia developer. So a lot of what I do consists of, you know, branding, marketing and stuff like that. You know how it is. Part of the job of, you know, creating a logo and, you know, designing a brand is to imprint that brand in the minds of your target audience. I want everybody to listen to this right now because you need to do this. You need to take the red pill and understand this. Basically, our job is to make you believe <laughs> whether it's true or not. And if anything, that's why I can't, you know, when it comes to WWE at the time of the Vince era, um, still am, but I'm, I'm, I'm just keeping my eyes still in abyss, but I knew what was going on from a professional standpoint. And I was like, no, I can't get in with this. <laughs> I know exactly what's going on. Was a marketing company with a product, right? Like at yeah. the end of the day, you know, let's look, for example, like and this is this is what the point that, you know, I'm going to extrapolate your point a little bit. Yeah. You know, I worked at BlackBerry for mm -hmm. for, for several years yeah. and the main goal that we had as a company was when people talk about a smartphone, they will mm -hmm. say BlackBerry, not yeah. my phone, not the model. There you go. Blackberry. The brand name. And that is the brand. That's the brand. Yep. And if there's anything WWE is great at, that's the reason why you get shit like stupendous WrestleMania. Because <laughs> even if you make fun of it, how many times did Do you, you hear say it? stupendous WrestleMania? I tell my clients this so many times. Don't be afraid to be repetitive in a sense that yep. getting people to know who you are. That's why you that's why I create your brands and your logos or whatever like that, because you need to let them see it so many times that they know what it is. You know what the golden arches is, you know the color the hues and the pantone colors of uh Pepsi. Yeah <laughs> yeah uh, you know you know these colors, you know these things. You in and, and, and all the looping of the commercials and all the stuff, it's that's what they do. That's what you need to do. And that's what yep. WWE do. And, you know, even though I don't watch WWE anymore or I, I haven't for quite a while and I don't know when I'm probably going to go back. But part of the reason why I am credit is because of WWE, because I admired how they did the marketing and branding and, and, and the logo designs and all the stuff, uh, especially during the Attitude Area and everything. I was really a big fan of the business aspect of what they were doing and why stocks was going up so high you know, and all the time and how they were just constantly just keeping it. I learned a little bit from that before I actually went into school and then furthered that from there. So, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not as much a WWE fan as I used to be or not at all, but I got to give credit where credit is due. That's where I, I really, really, you know, give them credit for. And you know what, if anything, this is why you have to hire the right people in the right positions. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that you're hearing more about AEW. And I'm not talking about brands and stuff like that. I'm just yeah. talking about from a pure wrestling point of view, Tony Khan yeah. cannot do it all at this point. Oh, no, I agree. Absolutely agree. <laughs> right. And, you know, let's quickly before we go to Rampage, let's quickly talk about the ratings. Right. Like. That rating on Wednesday, 840K, 5th and yeah. Cable, you know, the demo's going down. The the female viewership is going down. The male is yeah. going down. I'm not saying it, you know, the ship is sinking. It's not but, the end of the world at this moment. <laughs> no, but you got to watch out for these trends. Now it's yeah. a trend, and you got to see what is actually going on. 
Yeah. Do, here's the thing. Um, did it stem before? Was it like that before the two months ago? Man, honestly, I want to do a deep dive into that. Yeah. You know, I want to do. I feel I like do that a, two months like ago they were sky high, and then all of a sudden, like the incident happened after, um, you know, the fallout, and then it was just inconsistent. Yep. the The show, the show right now seems like they're just trying to throw stuff out of wall and seeing what's clinging, and I think that's yeah. part of the problem. The other part of the problem is that then you now have a camp of people who are pro CM Punk not wanting anything to do with the elite. Yeah. The fact that they're main eventing and being featured and even having this best of seven series are just yeah. like, you know, F F that. Yeah. You know, and then now, you have, I, um, you know, oh, the, the whole rant that, that, that Matt had on, on BAM in terms of, you know, you have all this huge talent pool. You have the best tag team in the world in FTR, but no, yeah. Jeff Jarrett is being featured in tag team wrestling in 2022 that theme song gets my nerves you know what's sad it is a i i you're right you're absolutely right and i hate that song but i respect that song because i'm supposed to hate this song and it is the most annoying song in the world but it's at the same time you know like you said it is jeff jarrett 2022 what the hell yep this was not the AEW philosophy of three years ago. Yep. <laughs> they were so not about this was, I mean, I, I need Tony Khan, if anything, because there's a saying, and I kind of do this myself. is like, when you are on the go so much, you don't realize how much you've done in your path because you're just always forward. I need him to stop and look back at everything he did, maybe to rejuvenate his mindset and, and, you know, freshen up. And find out what made this spark and go back and then just, and, and I'm not saying, it, it, I feel like these things are starting to liven up again. I don't know if the uh, elite has anything to do with that, but I feel like things are livening it up. But I think he really needs to go back and remind himself and remember what he did to get to where he is now before it's yep. too late. D- don't Agreed. do what Vince d- did in 2001. We don't need another that another one of that. Exactly. That's exactly it. All right, so I think we've done enough rambling. Let's get to the show. And I feel like this show was pretty fast and nothing major happened outside of some of the final battle stuff. I tried to basically what we talked about already. Um, this episode really did. And I am not trying to like be facetious or anything. I'm not trying to be a dick. But this honestly did feel like an episode of Sunday Night Heat. I agree. I was, I'll co-sign with that. It wasn't a bad episode. It wasn't an exciting episode. It was. It just was. It was. It, just it was just was. something to watch, which is something I really try to avoid at this yeah. case. That's the thing, right? Like, yeah. First match, kick, kicking off right away the show. Yeah. Darby Allen versus Cole Carter. I got a question. Yep. I, of course, I, I'll say it again. I haven't watched WWE in God knows how long. I was told... That this Cole Carter is used to come under the name Two Dimes. Yep. Is is yep. first of all, you know of what's the, so funny? He was, in, he was in NXT. He was yeah. part of the Tony D'Angelo family. Wherever he that is, featured here and there, and then <laughs> in mid June, early to mid June, mm-hmm. he was just like randomly let go. People say there were reasons. Right. Can you explain to me 
before you get any further, what that what that faction was about, what was the gimmick of that faction and why they called him two dimes? Because here's the thing. I thought he was black for 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 the longest time because of the name. That sounds like a hip hop name name that you would give somebody. I'm like, that's him? He looks like Jimmy Rave. What is going on here? <laughs> Jimmy Rave. <laughs> yes. Another great name I haven't heard in so long. Oh, he's um, he's a lost art. Tony D'Angelo, they were uh, the Sopranos. Oh, okay. All right, his, then that, his... the two dimes thing makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Like, hey, oh, you know, like. Really, like, cool. kind of FBNI ended up. <laughs> yes, 100%. 100%. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Carry yep. on. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Darby Allen versus Cole Carter. Darby beat the hell out of Nick Camarado with a bat. Speaking Bats of FBI. Yep. <laughs> when did Nick Camarado become like Oh my dude How do you take Someone his size Someone his Like he can wrestle He looks good And you put him like in a In a reverend slick costume You definitely I can definitely confirm Even though I didn't hear it That that was not JR's idea I'm sure JR had Had like Man crush, Doctor Def Steve William vibes with this dude. Yes. He would have not approved of this. Oh, one hundred percent. And the fact that this, me- the fact that my man is from Philly, that really pisses me off. And they're treating him like he's a stereotypical South Philly dude. I'm not feeling this. Yep. Yep. Exactly. He honestly feels like he should be on. Uh, it's always sunny, right? Like it's it's. Oh, I, I'm not down with his character. Yeah. At all. <laughs> Yeah, I was waiting for Guido to come by (laughs) any minute when he came out. Tony Mama Luke. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or Nunzio and, you know. Nunzio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, they've been on TV on Impact recently-ish. Oh, good Lord. Don't get me started with that show. Before we move on, I need to talk about this. I'm going to talk about this on on BAM on Monday. Are you talking about the, 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 uh, the Impact thing? Yeah, the homicide, not the wrestler. Well, okay. Here's the thing, because I watch, I watch New Japan Pro Wrestling on um, on uh, what is it, Access TV? Right before. So every single time I turn the channel to that, I see the end of TNA. And damn it, if it's not always like a faction just standing in the ring, dominating somebody, it's something else. And this, I'm like, what am I watching here? What what drama series is this? A homicide happened live on Impact Television. They literally killed off Eric Young. In the most dramatic way possible. I'm like, am I watching Sons of Anarchy? What is going on here? (laughs) I didn't know this came on before New Japan Pro Wrestling. Damn, this was a good show. I'm like, wait, no, that's Eric Young. What the hell? (laughs) Yep. Right? Is this not like the first, the second time? Isn't this like the second time they did something like this on Impact? Uh, Ali. They killed somebody else off, didn't he? Murder. Ali. Oh, good God. <laughs> yep. Right before she signed with AEW, they killed off Ali. People try to get me to watch Impact so many times in, in the Facebook group, and I'm like, every time I watch the ending, it's no way. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't you get five minutes like in. The worst stuff. Like I will PCO's watch the rod- rising from the desert, <laughs> dude. Boris, I will watch the the nineteen nineties Roger Corman Fantastic Four fully before I will watch Impact at this point. <laughs> uh, 
That's amazing. <laughs> it's, in the in the last one, it is that bad. So they kill that was that there. was yeah. that was ridiculous. I know. We're gonna talk about that on Ban. We're gonna talk about is there a place for this outlandish stuff in wrestling? Because just a preview. This is like you know we accepted this type of stuff with Lucha Underground and Glow. And, yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Damn you, David McLean. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so stay tuned on BAM on Monday because we are going to get into this conversation. Godspeed to one of you all. <laughs> I know, right? All right. Darby Allen versus Colcart. This is like the fifth time we're trying to do this. <laughs> Nick Camarado gets his ass kicked with a bat. Darby Allen does Darby Allen stuff. Cole Carter tries to contain Darby Allen, throws him around. You know, honestly, Darby Allen. Reminds me of late '90s Jeff Hardy, where he's a yeah. great talent, but yeah. I fear for the guy every single time he's in the ring. I would, I would also agree with that. Um, he just that, and then his fashion sense as well. Yeah. I thought he was dressing in, I thought he was dressing in Balenciaga gear coming out. <laughs> I'm not touching this one. <laughs> <laughs> What is my man doing right now? Like, he didn't take this thing off the whole entire time. Like, what are you doing? What, what are you doing, son? Like, are you just trying to get your money's worth before you throw it away and burn it because of the controversy? What is going on here? You just you spent a lot of money on this, and you just you just gonna wrestle with it? That's that's your protest. Oh, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just waiting for that Kanye reference later in this show. At this point, oh god! You know that only you and I can get away with this stuff. Of course. <laughs> All right, Darby goes to the top. Carter cuts him off, lands a Falcon Arrow from the top rope for a two. Carter went to the top, uh, and he did a 450. Darby moved out of the way, hit the Scorpio Death Drop. He then landed a Coffin Drop for the win in seven minutes forty seconds. And with that said, it was a good. It was a good match. It was an it was okay good- match. I didn't have any problem with it. Um, I never saw this guy before. You know, up until this point, he's. Not the best thing. He doesn't stand out, but he's. I think he's got room for um for growth. Yep. Give him a give him a good character, and he will be fine. Right? Like he's yeah. one of those people. He can get away with being a mediocre wrestler as long as he yeah. has a good character. But he needs that character. If he doesn't get that character, he better turn into a really good technical wrestler really fast. And with that hairstyle, he literally he legitimately looks like Jimmy Rave. I'm not joking about that. He. Like just with just a more thicker, stockier version. Between him and Hook, I don't know who has nicer hair. Oh yeah, I forgot about no, it's Hook. <laughs> Hook is damn near Super Saiyan. I know, right? All right. He- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really is. All right. Renee interviews Keith Lee and Lee was cut off by Shane Taylor. Taylor said Lee left him six years ago. Really, for uh, Shane Taylor challenged Keith Lee to a match at Final Battle. Swerve walks into the frame, and Lee asks Swerve if he could count on him. Lee then just walked away after some silence. What do you? What What are your thoughts on that? Uh, the situation because I didn't. We still don't know what their situation is right now. You know what their what their status is on Facebook <laughs> with those two. <laughs> It's complicated. That's what that's, <laughs> if they were dating, it would be it's complicated with exactly. Strickland. <laughs> it really is. I like this though. I'm kind of liking how they're dragging this 
will they get back together? Won't they? Yeah. I could see them making amends, and then eventually someone's going to swear. And I'm telling you, it's going to be Keith Lee who goes heel, super heel. And why not after a while? I mean, like, when you think about it, it will probably make some sense in, in a way that he's just tired of Swerve's crap. <laughs> of everyone's crap, right? Right. He's tired of being on an island on his own. He's got his best friend back. I hope Shane Taylor sticks around. Right. That would be. And then Swerve is just, don't Swerve. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Swerve is uh, that wild friend that, like, you just got to chill off of every once in a while because... He he doing too much. You 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 really you really extra right now. You got to chill. <laughs> yeah, I have many of those friends. Um, <laughs> I had little, many of those yeah. friends. All right, we get a La Facción Dark Order video. Nice little mm. recap there. I'm okay. This is something I okay. would pay money to watch on Dynamite. Yeah, I'm just glad that they followed up with it in some form or fashion because you know it was that last week. Was awesome. That, that was, was probably cool. that made for the best rampage in quite a while. And I'm I don't mind Tim going with uh with the with uh the faction with uh Angel Bernardes and and uh, I I I he looks good without the mask too. Um, I like the beard. I like the whole aura that he's getting. Out. I, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing him talk. I I hear him talking BTE every once in a while, but I want to see this new persona. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm a bit excited about this. Same here. Same here. Now. Where was it? Oh, yeah. It was the one time that I accepted minus one on TV. I think that's Mm -hmm. the perfect use of him. Yeah. So what do you think is going to happen? Because he's not going to be on camera for a long time. And uh, he's going to eventually negative one is going to eventually come back in some form or fashion. What I would love just embrace the insanity of wrestling. He just disappears for six months and they just like rebrand a wrestler and call him negative one. It's like this big buffed guy. You're just like, <laughs> pretend it's a time jump. <laughs> you know what? That will, you know what? I would believe that logically more than whatever just happened at impact. I will accept that, you know, if they make it believable enough, you know, we get a time jump in wrestling, <laughs> you know, person can eat their Wheaties from that time frame, and you know, things can happen, man. Oh, that, <laughs> Oh, I want to see that so badly now. That would be hilarious. I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> Rene Paquette's in the ring, welcomes the acclaimed. Caster referenced the World Cup and said, this ain't TNA. So there's that. Oh, scissor me, daddy, chance broke out. Rene asked what's next for the acclaimed. Anthony Bowen said, J- uh, Double J interrupted their scissoring. Bowen said, other people have to get to the back of the line because there's another team that's been waiting. FTR chance break out. The guns broke up the promo, and they said they were the best tag team in the world. Jeff Jarrett's music hit. Sanjay said that the greatest tag team alive is Jeff Jarrett <laughs> and Jay Lethal. Oh, they the crack. They couldn't even beat Ric Flair. <laughs> oh, the crack Sanjay, Sunday, uh, Sanjay was uh, taking that day. Oh, my God, they couldn't even beat Ric Flair whenever that was. August? No, July? August. August 1st. Billy Gunn then got the mic and said the acclaimed wants the best. And with that as much, FTR's music hit. FTR made their way to the ring. Acclaimed and FTR shook hands. So that essentially made it official. And later on, we do get the official word that that match is happening on Wednesday. Yeah. Wait, is it really? God, I missed that part. That The tag yeah. team match? 
Yeah, I think the tag I'm team title match. Sure. I'm pretty sure. This Wednesday. I think 99% sure. Okay. All right. right. Um, that's crazy, first of all. I think that's really. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of skeptical about what the results is going to be with that. If yeah, that is I mean, Wednesday, meaning I mean, like I don't. I think there's going to be some type yeah. of interference or something like that. Acclaim versus FTR Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, dude. I don't. I don't know if that's going to get. If they're going to have a finish for that match, I think it's too soon. Well, the fact that FTR. So I agree a hundred percent with you, and this is why. FTR still doesn't have a match for final battle. Exactly. So are we going to so, get I mean, a three-way winner wins all? I would I would love that. And that's why I think it could be an interference situation that could lead into that. And if that happens, there you go. I'm sold. Yep. <laughs> Take more. Anytime at, at this point anytime FTR is in the Ring of Honor uh, pay-per-view, it's money. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Just, just, just throw the throw. Uh, I don't even know who. <laughs> Private Party versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Never thought I would say that in 2020. 2022, 2020. Wow. Right, exactly. I can believe Seven in 2020. <laughs> Fuck, it's crazy. You know what? I was watching. I was watching the morning show that Apple uh, yeah. TV Plus show because everyone told me the second season wasn't that good. So I mm-hmm. finally watched it this week. I loved it, but it was so crazy. Like, yeah, they this came out last year, but just you know, in reference to everything that happened in like you know the end of twenty nineteen to about yeah. March of twenty twenty, just like mm-hmm. holy shit, all of that actually did go on. Yeah, amazing how two years went by and how drastically everything changed in the course of time. Yep, Quinn took over the match. Private Party went for the silly string and got it. Quinn then went to the top rope for a four fifty. For a 450, but landed on nada. Quinn was the victim of a lethal injection. Uh, that was that. I got to say, I you know, it's a shame private party isn't winning as much as they used to, but I'm glad that they changed their wardrobe and their hair. Yeah. Because <laughs> Quinn, and that, that, the, the, his ridiculous hairstyle, I like it much better now. <laughs> they remind me I, of I, uh, uh, Fifth Element. Uh, what's, what's his name? Exactly. Um, uh, Chris Tucker. Yeah, <laughs> that and the and the stupid um, tux, tuxedo tails. Yes, I couldn't. I couldn't take that. I, I just couldn't. I'm glad that they updated, but and I'm glad they're still in the mix of something at best. Not everybody's going to be at the top, but these guys seem like they're you know pretty good where they're at right now. And you know when the time comes, maybe they'll just step up sooner or later. But you know I've always liked Private Party. Same here. They need to calm down a little bit in the ring. Some of their antics is a little too much for me. Like yeah. the screaming that they do in the middle of their matches and stuff like that. Like when they sell. Yeah, he does that too much. Isaiah yeah. does that way, way too much. He, like once? Cool. Subtlety. But, <laughs> yes, exactly. Soraya talks about her brother who was with her since day one-ish. Soraya said full gear was a special moment for all the women in AEW. She said she was proud of Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. She then said she wants Hayter for the title. We then get back to the ring where Athena was making her entrance. I got to tell you, I'm digging this new hill, um, Athena. I didn't know how or why it made sense to her to do it. But now that she's in, she's put she's putting it all in. I'm I'm, I'm down. That match with Jody Threat. Still have not watched that match yet. I got to find it. Watch it tonight when we finish recording. It's going to make much more sense. 
and yeah. you're gonna like it a lot more. That's why, like, when we do you know do you know the time, date of the dark episode that oh that was? Yes, it was October the. Ba-ba. It was recorded on the 12th, so it would be either the 17th or the 18th. One of those right. two. Definitely. Definitely go and check it. I need to start watching Dark again anyway. It's been a while. Yep. I feel like I missed out on things. <laughs> Athe- oh, yeah. We're in Athena versus Danny Moe. Athena hit the hell out of Moe, then landed rolling suplexes. Athena went for the pin, and it looked like she was going to win, but she pulled Moe up classic heel move mm-hmm. Mo hit a kick though Athena responded by beating the hell out of her she hits her finisher and that was that in one minute 27 seconds you know, I, I I feel like that finish didn't go off the way it wants to but it you know did its job but again the most impressive part of the whole entire thing was just how comfortable Athena felt being a hill yes and that's what I took in and I'm like I never saw this side of her before, but she just feels like it was meant for her. And I like this badass. Uh, I don't give a crap version of her. She's making she it believable. Is a little more heel, but this was almost her character when she came back to NXT. Ah, I see. Yeah. When she started wearing all that skull and everything. Yeah. And I, yeah, because yeah, right I, 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 I only. Yeah, I only know that because of, because of the game. And it was two things I noticed about the game. She has a whole new gimmick that she didn't have when she first started at, uh, at NXT. And two, every female wrestler in WWE are wearing this crazy eye- eyeliner for some reason. What the hell is up with that gimmick? It's a thing now. <laughs> this is a new brand that I'm not, I don't understand. <laughs> it's the euphoria effect. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Two guys. Jeez. Oh my God! Two guys talking about eyeliner. This is this is this is, my, this is our, two guys talking about eyeliner at eleven forty nine p.m. on a Friday from two different parts of the world. <laughs> you can't write this stuff, people. Yep. <laughs> After the match, Athena throws Mo to the outside, rammed her into the guardrail, then the steps. After that, we got a Juice Robinson. Hey, remember when they signed him like months ago? Well, he challenged Samoa Joe. And I'm looking forward. I actually am looking forward to that. Um, you know, I still think people. there's a lot of people who don't know who Juice is or don't remember who he was back then because he's been in Japan so long. Um, he's come so long and he's evolved so much since the days of NXT. And uh, people forgot that that dude was from NXT. <laughs> and... uh. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him now. He's grown, you know, incredibly since uh, that time. And now he's with the Bullet Club and everything. So him and Joe should have a really good, fun, solid match. Yep. Yeah, 100%. What was his name in uh, NXT? Parker? Wasn't it like TJ or TC or something? Uh, Parker. Something. Parker. Parker. Yeah, Perkins or Parkins or something like that. Yeah. He was basically an environmentalist. Exactly, because he had the locks, and it was the first time he had the locks, and they were long as hell at the time. So when he when he was there as that character or that name, I had locks. That's how long ago it was. CJ Parker. Yes, and people were really digging him too. And I remember the last match that he was in. He, I think he injured somebody with a palm strike. Yeah, he he, he seriously uh, clipped somebody with that palm strike. I think took a two for stuff like that. And the next thing you know, he's gone. I feel like it was and Kenta. Was it? I feel like so, so, for some reason. You 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 mentioned injury, I just assume it's Kenta. <laughs> I 
That's so sad. That's so <laughs> but sad. it's true. How many times did Kenta show up on WWE TV only to be injured like a day later? Remember they did that little small documentary on him? This is how far, this is how long ago I've been watching. This is when I was watching. They did a documentary on him going, uh, participating in the Battle Royal at WrestleMania. Yes. When he lost it, I think he talked to Hulk Hogan and all this. It's just so, I'm like, this is just stupid. This dude was the man of zero one, and all of a sudden he's in here just like the small fish in a, uh, you know, a big fish in a, uh, or a small fish in a big pond now. And yep. it's like, ah, uh, the level of respect. I know, right? Oh, my God. CJ Parker. That, that was a, that's, that was an era of NXT. People, that people forget. People remember mm-hmm. the super indie era of NXT, but right before yeah. that, it was basically what we have now. It was the reality show, actually. Well, before that, that was before. No, the that. first, the original first two seasons yeah, was the reality yeah, show. Yes, yes. I'm and then they went on to do that. the super indie. Yeah, I'm talking between that and the super indie. Mm-hmm. There was that period, like basically right before the network. You know. Yeah. Um, that. Uh, yeah. Whew. We had some interesting stuff with <laughs> Renee Paquette as a commentator. Oh. See, but that's when I loved her. <laughs> oh, she was the best. She was the best. They didn't, they, I, I, of course, like many, they didn't do her justice. I have one of the funniest Renee Paquette stories. So uh, every year I used to do a celebrity soccer tournament. Mm-hmm. And one of the teams in this one te- um, tournament mm-hmm. uh, was Team Sportsnet, which yeah. was, you know, the, the Rogers partner who airs all the mm-hmm. movie stuff. That's where Renee Paquette worked. Yeah. Um, so she was a part of this tournament. <laughs> she was wearing like the most bootiest booty shorts that you can possibly <laughs> imagine. They were tights, right? Right. So the entire day, she was just like clawing at them because they were just like riding up, right? It was just like, right. I felt so bad for her. And she just started laughing. And like her and I were just joking the entire day about this because I was one of the <laughs> officials and I, like, I was assigned to that team. And we were right. just dying of laughter. The entire time. <laughs> and even in the bar, she was like, she, uh, f- for some reason, forgot, like, a change of clothes. <laughs> so she still had to wear the same gear? Yeah. <laughs> she eventually, like, went home because she lived close by. But, like, yeah, yeah, it was just so fucking funny. Yeah. She is, she's definitely a credit to the to the industry, like, always come in gear. What <laughs> yeah. of, of the nicest people ever. Like, just she, absolutely. She just come off so natural yeah. and... She, you could tell she really loves the business. She's not just a fan; she has a passion for it. I really enjoyed her when she was uh, in Canada doing the radio shows and in the, uh, the, the sports shows. She, I, I'm a big fan of her, and yeah. I have the utmost respect for her love and passion for the industry and her history and knowledge of wrestling. At that, I remember, like her and I, like literally, we spent like two hours after, like at the bar, just talking wrestling, just, yeah. just wrestling. Like it was awesome. It was such a great time with her. Um, and then even her replacement when she did leave, Jackie Redman, she also now mm-hmm. works for WWE. Um, right. Also super knowledgeable on the industry and stuff. Awesome. Main event time. Oh, before the main event, the Mark Henry segment. This one was actually funny. We got Don, Danhausen wielding an axe. That was about it. Darby cuts a promo right. calling out Samoa Joe. Uh, Sting and Warlow are... Banned from ringside for the TNT title match. Uh, this was what did you think of all this? First of all, the camaraderie between Mark Henry and and Orange Cassidy is 
it, every week they do this and it's hilarious. Like, first of all, just you can tell how many times Orange Cassidy has been a main eventing on Rampage yeah. because of these these back and forths that him and Mark Henry does. And it's just I love these two. It's just gotten even funnier and funnier. I, f- I feel like they're becoming the new Stewie and, and Brian, yes. you know, type of, you know, type of duo. <laughs> yep. And he's just trying to tolerate him every time. And like every, every week, R.S. Cassie has a new way of like annoying Mark Henry. I also feel like you can tell that these are like borderline unscripted and they have no idea what's going to happen. Right. Just because Mark Henry's reaction is like, (laughs) what the hell? He like, let me do my thing. Can can I please do my thing? Can I like, he said, he's like, he's so deadpan about it too. And that's what makes it even believable. Cause like orange is like kind of antagonizing him. But Mark is not selling it. He, he's totally like he's no selling the whole entire look and area. He's just, dude. Can we just get? Can we just get through this? Yeah. <laughs> it's my one job. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like, no, you cannot come out with axes. Why? Why are we having this conversation? <laughs> just annoys him every single time. I love it. I love that. This is your stereotypical lumberjack match, and there's nothing wrong with that. QT Marshall competent wrestler orange cassidy competent wrestler this Mm -hmm. was a competent match cassidy was going to run at marshall uh, but the lumberjacks pulled marshall to the outside on the apron marshall said he'd break cassidy's neck but then housing got on the apron to stop it as a result cassidy hit a leap onto everyone on the outside then cassidy went to the top rope but then penelope ford distracted cassidy kip sabian then pushed cassidy off the top rope into a cutter from marshall Cassidy hit, um, that was only for a two count. Then Cassidy hit the orange punch and the beach break for a win in nine minutes, 31 seconds. After the match, Cassidy and Sabian were brawling while everyone else brawled. The house lights went out and that's when the House of Black showed up in the ring. House of Black beat everyone up. They beat, uh, they hit Dante's Inferno on Serpentico. The House of Black beat everyone up to end the show. I do want to point out one thing about that that in a uh, post segment. Ortiz was out there. They was they're about to do Dante's Inferno on Ortiz, and for some reason they stopped. Now I would have said, okay, what is this, is this a storyline thing? But then when he got out to the ring, then they proceeded to beat up on Ortiz. Do you, do we know anything about that situation? Whether it's like okay, Ortiz is injured, they didn't want to put him in a, a Dante's Inferno or. That just it that was, was a really interesting uh, situation. Am I reading too much it was into really that? Weird, and yeah. I feel like if it wasn't intentional, they would mm-hmm. have easily edited that out of the show. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with that, but uh, are we about to see a new member? And if so, oh, damn! <laughs> right, it's those seeds, right? Like those small little seeds that I'm like, oh, what's going on here? This is really it, interesting. And that's one of the things that I love about AEW because they constantly plant those little seeds, you know, of things to come. And I need them to keep doing that and to keep, you know, prolonging that to do stuff. Here's the thing, too, real quick. One, okay, yeah, the the, the match was just as solid as solid can be. I wasn't expecting any, you know, there was no immediate danger to uh, OC losing his title at all. So I wasn't really, you know, except for that one kept saving part. It was okay. But, like, otherwise, it was just a solid match. Nothing bad, nothing good. It was limbo. At this yep. point, in terms of story for Rampage and, and Dynamite, I it would be really cool. And I almost feel like that, that I hope that that's what they do. 
I want them to have specific storylines just for Rampage and specific storylines just for Dynamite. And then, you know, every once in a while, something may like, you know, they'll show footage of what's been going on in Rampage so people can stick to Rampage. And then they show footage of Dynamite so people can go back. So it could be like a constant, you you know, loop. You do realize you're basically pitching a brand split. No, no, and that's the thing. It's not necessarily a brand, a brand split in a sense. Because, but if the, you, you know, cross over, yeah, you can still cross over. You know, when you're doing yeah. like you know transitional matches or whatever like that, or or, or um, you know, just really quick job matches or whatever. But the storyline will still solidify under that realm. But they'll still yep. acknowledge each other as all one. Um, I just feel like Rampage needs something for people to stick to. Yes, and they do. if they need the something. Yeah, and if, if the the you know ten angle with the dark order or anything that can specifically be for Rampage, so they could give them something for people to look forward to look going into instead of putting that on there. And then you you got like the you know best of seven series on Dynamite and stuff like that and other things. Just try to you know give somebody something for both to go through, but still acknowledge them and still do so something to attract the other you know to for people to go to the other uh, show. Yeah, that's kind of like where we are with WWE, right? The brand split isn't mm. as uh, prevalent as it used to be. You're seeing mm-hmm. a lot more crossover, right? Especially with, like, you know, um, the titles being unified. So Bloodline mm-hmm. does a lot of crossovers. A lot of people do a lot of crossovers. So they're kind mm-hmm. of doing something like that to a certain extent. But I like where you're going, um, you know, in terms of, of, of keeping stuff show-specific, right? Yeah. Now, what... The thing about Rampage, right? Like, let's be honest. Friday at 10 p.m. is not a good time for anyone. No. Not a good time. Not a good like, time. Like, what the hell are we doing? No one likes it. <laughs> we're idiots. That's what we're doing. <laughs> now, a million and one things I could be doing, but <laughs> I'm lucky I'm not. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. One, one of the things is, like, you know, you have this best of seven. Why not just put one of the matches on Rampage? I would I wouldn't mind that at all, and I think it will draw people to it. Hopefully, it hopefully will draw people to it. I don't want to say like I, I know what that's the issue, be. right? I think they're yeah. afraid of it not drawing, and then the internet would. This is what it comes down to, mm-hmm. and, and Matt and I talked about this on Monday. Tony Khan is in a position where he cares too much about what the internet thinks. Yeah, Stop I know. I, I agree. I mean, would do it like I said. Go back to the first three years. Do whatever you did there, and let's get back on. Let's get back uh, things back in order. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. somewhere, some along the way, you had your two thousand one moment, and everything just went, you know, to crap. <laughs> it's, just, it, it's not to say that it's convoluted by any stretch. I've seen convoluted, you know, uh, television from TNA over the years, but I don't want it to get to that point. Nobody wants to get it to that point, you know. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly it, right? And 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 uh, that's the thing, right? It's we've seen this rodeo before, right? Yeah. We've seen this happen to companies. We saw it happen to WCW. We saw the downfall of WWE. We mm-hmm. saw TNA. You know, we've seen so many companies come and go because of this. And AEW was in such a golden position, yeah, that it, it really sucks. What? surprises me the most and i'm not saying that business is bad or they are bad i'm just saying that there there's trends that we're seeing right there are trends that we're seeing that people should start having these internal conversations 
Um, but do you think it all stemmed back to two months ago? That's what that's what I'm interested in. I don't think it did. I think they had a really bad summer, right? Mm. Because of injuries. And that too. it's hard yeah. to gauge because everything seemed to blow up after the brawl out. Right? Yeah. It was the tip of the iceberg, pretty much. That's that's basically that's the as they say the straw that broke the camel's back, right? Like, yeah. and I think a lot of people point to that night as kind of like when things change. And the unfortunate part is just for one reason or another, I kind of feel like they've tried to downplay it so much, but yet they still bring it up so often. Yeah, that you, you either need to do one or two things: put it all out there. Or never mention it again and just move. And I think that on. played a factor too. You're right. I think that majorly because the one one of the biggest parts of AEW's brand was that they were open with us as you know to the fans. They were they never you know stirred us the wrong way and they never felt like they ever hid anything. And that if that made you feel safe and comfortable in contrast to what we were going through during the Vince era of WWE. And mm-hmm. for them to do that, like. And for me, I got PTSD when it comes to, you know, WWE, you know, just from a lot of reasons. And I felt like I was in an abusive relationship with WWE and I left that abusive relationship. This is my new, um, you know, relationship now. And I'm starting to see some red flag signs that is starting to make me feel not as safe as I should be. Yep. And I need that. I need to be assured. I need to be reassured that 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 safety within this relationship is, is in. And it's not, you know, it's not extremely bad. It's not, I'm not, I'm not exact. I'm going to over-exaggerate the situation, but you know, I got, I'm using critical thinking right now. So I'm keeping an eye on it. Much like I do with everything and we'll see. And that's the thing. Like, I know we look into it a lot more because we like, you know, we've been fans for so long. We yeah. podcast about this stuff. We talk about this stuff regularly. Um, so, you know, for, for lack of a better term, we get, we get paid to talk about this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's that's kind of the thing there. But coming from a, fan, a pure fan's point of view, which is the point of view that I try to come from, because that's all yeah. I am. I'm a fan who's lucky to talk. Um, I've seen this. I've seen some of these red flags before, right? I've seen some of these things before. Um, yeah. And 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 the one the part that scares me the most is Tony Khan is such a fan of wrestling that he sees it from his point of view. And from his point of view, he seems to be under the belief that the internet is the fan that you want, which is, is just great, right? But you got to do what's best for business at the end yeah. of the day. And I think that he needs to shut the internet fans down off, stop doing your weekly busted open uh, <laughs> uh, appearance, <laughs> you know, just, just focus on your company and your business and doing what's right for business because three years ago you had the hottest product going. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's not good. I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying that they've left a lot of money on the table for many reasons. And I'm not yeah. just talking about brawl out. I'm talking about, you know, people that they've brought in, pushed, and then stopped their push. People yeah. that, you know, the bloated roster, ROH right now. There's just yeah. a lot of stuff not going in the right direction and they've veered from that original vision that they talked about. And how much do you think Vince leaving the company had anything to do with the dynamic change and the booking for, for AEW? Like, because the, the, the idea 
of what was going on with AEW before was that they're supposed to be the answer to our prayers of everything that WWE wasn't doing. Now Vince is gone. The, 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 I hate to say it this way, but the cancer has been removed. Yep. And now it's the healing is coming in and it's coming in progressively. Um, now perfect, but progressively enough that like we're starting to see a a shift change in this whole thing. And I'm sure that, that I, I feel like that that plays a part in him and, and the fact that his morale, the morale in his company now is changing too because of the news that went on here. Now that, you know, Vince is gone uh, and Triple H is taken over and people love Triple H's booking and all the stuff and the way that he treated everybody, um, or, you know, morally, ethically, if you will, that they yep. want to now be in the company that they always wanted to be in under a new regime. I think it didn't. So the booking was already questionable in, throughout the summer, right? And yeah. I just mean that because of injuries and and all that stuff. But I think yeah. that that was kind of like um, a realization of holy crap, what are we going to do now? Because what was what was Tony Khan's response right as soon as Vince left? Oh, this he wrestler's gloated. under contract for this long. This yeah. wrestler's under contract for this long. This wrestler's under contract for this long, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that was like the first crack of the armor, in my opinion, right? Like, it's yeah. like this is someone who went on, t- I don't want to say tirades, but like basically said, I'm but wasn't that, that what wait, Vince does. Wasn't that, uh, it could be, I don't know if this is true, but wasn't that from the uh, situation of there was possible of, um, some form of legality being breached within yeah. people, you know, reaching out when they shouldn't up on contracts. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Don't know what exactly the details, but a Tony Khan claims that, you know, certain people are being approached illegally via, you know, because they're of contracts and stuff by WWE. Yeah. Right. So, and that's, that's and then you start hearing the Andrade stuff. You started hearing the Malachi black stuff, the buddy Murphy mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So, that was kind of like the first chip and the kink in the armor, right? So I feel like he's kind of been playing reaction, reactionary as opposed to proactive with everything. I mean, from a human standpoint, I, I, I don't blame him. No. <laughs> I think but anybody I mean, in the same situation the would stuff. probably be, yeah. I think anybody in the same situation would have probably, you know, had that type of stressor too. Well, even look at even look at um, all out. Like people forget that if the CM Punk stuff didn't happen, mm-hmm. the big takeaway from that was Tony Khan's swearing and tirade against WWE. Yeah, people forget Absolutely. that part of the of the press conference. Yeah. Oh wait, wait was this, was this about the like how much money he had type of uh, rant yeah. that he was doing? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that part when he's saying like. You know, he tried to play nice, but, you know, screw them, basically. You know, I remember in Ring of Honor, Gabe Sapolsky, at one point, one of the best bookers of the of that time, bar none. Gabe Sapolsky's booking for Ring of Honor, the reason why Ring of Honor is what it is. But it, there was a time when, and this whole thing reminds me of what Gabe went through. Because, if, do you remember uh, FT, what was it, FTR or whatever like that? There was a Florida promotion that he decided to uh, take under and merge that with Ring of Honor as well. And this is when Gabe Sapolsky started doing a big burnout of himself and they took him off, you know, booking duty and they um, released him. 
which I still think that was like the stupidest thing they ever done in yeah. a sense. But I mean, not to say that Ring of Honor wasn't still Ring of Honor, but when Gabe Sapolsky was there, man, he was he had some of the best wrestling storylines, you know, in wrestling at that time. Yeah, um, and it was uh, Full Impact Pro. Full Impact Pro. Yes, uh, FIP. Yes, and I when he when he started doing that, it, people were saying that he was burning out in terms of booking. And I feel like this is kind of the same situation. You know, this is WCW when they, this is NWA Crockett when they took UWF. Yep. As well. Yep. We've seen this well, over and over again. Well, well, well and then just remember, he's not just a wrestling guy. He's got Fulham. Again, we don't know what his duties are with with his dad's business, but he's clearly doing something, right? He's with the Carolina Fulham, Panthers the, and yeah, the Jaguars. You know, he's he's got oh yeah yeah the, the Jaguars. He's got stuff going on, right? He's he's a busy guy, and then on top of that, he's got AEW, and on top of that, he's got ROH, and he's not married. What the is he? I don't think so. Oh, he would have been dead. <laughs> See, he's he's my age. He's still living his uh, God of War one two three phase. He's God of War one to three. <laughs> Full circle. That's why. I that's what. That's why he's raging out right now. <laughs> Wait until he reaches God of War twenty eighteen. <laughs> he get a son. He gonna be saying, "Boy, I'm I'm telling you, this is not how you. This is not how you book. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me, boy." Walk with me. Uh, ball head and everything. He's going to be like John Travolta as Kratos. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that was a fun chat. Always love chatting. <laughs> Just chatting wrestling, right? Like, that's what this show's about. That's why I love this podcast, um, especially this one on Friday, just because Rampage is Rampage, and it gives me the chance to just chat random stuff, random topics. And I hope that people like them. I hope people are listening. I know you guys are, but I hope you guys are liking it. Uh, so that is that. Again, best of, worst of ballot for patrons. It's out there December 11th, 11.59 p.m. Get them in before that. <sighs> I'm tired. I I feel like I want to get in on it, but I haven't watched uh, NXT or anything, so I feel like I'm just going to be biased. Not, but you know what? I Okay, one last conversation. I literally had this conversation with Dan DeMouth. Okay. Uh, a few weeks ago, like we were yeah. talking on Skype for I don't even remember why. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't even podcasted together in forever, but we were talking, and he's like, "I don't, I haven't watched any WWE this year, so right. my best of worst stuff is going to be biased." And I'm like, "That's why he looks so healthy." <laughs> <laughs> Good job, Mouth. Look like a piece of shit. Like. <laughs> I mean, Mouth looked like FMW uh, Dan Lombransky right now. I know, right? Like, he's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But it's true. Yeah, so I'm like, doesn't matter. And it's easier for us panelists, right? Because we mm-hmm. can justify it on the show. Uh, but even, like, you know, even even on the ballot, I see the, the results. So I can kind of see, I've seen some interesting trends. I've seen right. people who only watch Impact. Yeah. I've seen a ballot with uh, a lot of hate on AAA and the AAA product. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, mm. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> Count me Just in. Get in on it. It'll be good. yeah, awesome. Mostly because for years I've been wanting to get in on this, and this this high time I, I do it. 
Yeah, man, do it. Just do it. I've listened. I've listened to the the best of and worst of episodes of uh, the Law in uh, in Sunday Night's Main Event for years. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, awesome. This is gonna be a good one. This one is gonna be a fun one. Uh, uh, we need to re- set when we're gonna record. It's always hard around this time, right? Because of holidays <laughs> and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, can't record before the twelfth. Trust me, I, I empathize with you. I'm there with you. I got my own <laughs> process too. Yeah, yeah, and, and and okay. One last thing about these ballots: please check your spelling. <laughs> please check your spelling because I do have a Fun. program that counts like the results. But mm-hmm. if things aren't spelled properly, it's going to screw up the math. Fun fact: eighty percent of the so- of people on social media are C students. We'll I find know. out. <laughs> when it's when it's a ballot comes in, <laughs> dude. If they're anything like last year's ballots, actually, last year wasn't too bad. Last year wasn't too bad. I, I shouldn't say that. Um, it's just like you know, whatever. It does <laughs> screw up the counting, but it's it's not too bad. The the right. program that I made, I actually had to I made it because it I take everything, put it into a spreadsheet, a CSV file, an Excel yeah. sheet, and then I have macros that do all the counting and put mm. spit out like graphs and stuff. Oh, I thought y'all were doing it back in the day. Like you had those little like uh, computer cards, and you just you know feeding it into the thing, <laughs> or like the, the little holes in it. The scantron exactly. cards. <laughs> Some heavy stuff. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yep. All right. So that is the show, Xavier. Thank you so much for for chatting with me. This episode uh, it was fun. It was honestly always this a is pleasure. What I like doing just chatting, wrestling, <laughs> shooting the shit. No real agenda, just talking, and eventually somewhere in the middle, talking about the show that we were supposed to, do. <laughs> and then supposed some to way watch. somehow getting some sleep and waking up like we got it, like we had a, like we pretty much didn't have a hangover over the, last night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good luck with All right, that, buddy. Thank you so much, <laughs> everyone. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be chatting soon. Uh, don't worry, there's not going to be any homicides on this show when we write people out. <laughs> He's Dex Xavier. I'm Boris. Stay tranquilo. Your disguise is a crap.